Welcome to Made in the Hamptons. I'm your host, Jill Lawrence, and this week we have a fun and lively interview with Kim Merstein and her grandmother, Gail, who are the dynamic collaborators behind the social media hit, Excuse My Grandma, that shares perspectives on generational differences in dating, sex, and relationships. Started during the pandemic as Kim navigated the dating world, Grandma Gail got a bird's eye view of millennial relationships and had a few opinions about it. So they decided to share the trials and tribulations on social media. Shortly after, the followers started pouring in, and their newfound fame has continued to grow ever since. We chatted about how it all started, the mistakes that millennials might be making, dating apps, finding the one, summer dress codes, fun date night ideas in the Hamptons, and their favorite spots to shop and eat out east. But first, I want to thank our sponsors for this week's episode, the Robert Allen Foundation, U.S. Bank, and Fresh Direct. And now, my light and lively chat with Kim and Grandma Gail from Excuse My Grandma. Thanks for coming on this morning. I really appreciate it. No problem. It's a beautiful day, (laughs) so we're happy to go out. And I love your dynamic. My grandmother was my very best friend in the whole world. So it's a very similar dynamic that I grew up with. And I just think it's really special. Kim, what gave you the idea to collaborate to start this? So Grandma Gail and I have always been very close. And it was definitely a COVID idea in which I was working in media for a news network and it was fully remote and I'm in New York city and my grandmother spends winters in Palm beach. So she was there for a lot of COVID uh, with my grandfather. And I decided to go down there and spend time with them and was actively, you know, going on dates. And my grandma wanted to debrief before the date, help me pick out an (laughs) outfit, find everything out after. And we realized all of the generational differences of dating from now to the fifties and sixties, you know, when she was in her twenties and uh, especially with dating apps and ghosting and all of the things that play into account now. So we decided to start our podcast. So both her generation could kind of learn more about what we're going through and what their grandkids are going through. And then my generation can kind of get the wisdom from their parents and grandparents through our conversations. And shortly after that, we started our TikTok and Instagram accounts where we do very similar things, have those conversations, pick out outfits, talk about texting and dating and all of these things and grew from there. People really love it. It seems to have grown. We have a lot of fans all over the world, actually all over the world, which is so fascinating that people watch, you know, on social media uh, in Australia and New Zealand and Italy and wherever I've been, I've had people come up to to me and it so amazes me that uh, this thing does travel all over. And it's really very, uh, it's really up to, it's really due to Kim's thinking and uh, how creative she really is. Yeah. And, and I'm sure people walk up to you in New York City all the time because no one's afraid to do that and just say hello. And oh, yeah. You're probably a, a name brand on the Upper East Side at this point. Yeah, <laughs> We were going to dinner last night and someone stopped us walking her dog and then at the restaurant. And we, I mean, that's like Aww. we love that so much because it makes us feel like people are connecting with us. And, you know, people are always like, oh, can you be my grandma, too? Or like, I feel like I'm in your family. And like, that's exactly yeah. what we want it to be. So, well. It's wonderful content that a lot of people can get something from, even any generation. It doesn't even have to be a younger generation. Correct. So, Correct. so what's your favorite thing about the job so far, other than being able to work alongside your best friend? Is 
Oh, that's supposed to be a favorite thing. I didn't realize. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we kind of hit, um, on working with like a lot of great brands. Um, we really love that because it's kind of, it's definitely a crash course in entrepreneurship and, you know, negotiating with different brands and being able to incorporate different fashion looks into our content and stuff from the companies that we work with. And I think that's been really fun to kind of bring that into our daily life as well. Uh, what do you think? Rachel? Yeah. And I, and I think what the, the companies that work with us are basically very, very middle America where everybody can enjoy and really uh, it, it can identify with. So it, well, I wouldn't say middle America, it's middle just America. inclusive, oh, inclusive, like inclusive, inclusive, inclusive brands. Yeah. Like a broader audience. Yeah. A broader audience. Yeah. Like age inclusive. Right. Um, exactly. Gender inclusive. Everything that we feel like we kind of just and we want to do that. That's yeah. really our point of view. We don't want to, we're not exclusively going to only one group of people. We really want to branch out to, to all people who have grandchildren and who have grandmothers that enjoy being part of their lives. So this is uh, very important to us. The podcast has really changed your life in a lot of ways, just in meeting new people and uh, a whole new industry. And Yeah, for sure. I think especially with our podcast, we do interviews with people from all different walks of life to get their take on dating and um, ask about their careers. So whether it's an influencer or a financier who's been in the business for 50 years or a gynecologist or a divorce lawyer or a dating expert, we kind of try to talk to everybody. And I think grandma, you've said before that that's like one of your favorite things yes. to kind of to meet all these interesting people and get different perspectives mm. on, on, on subjects that, that are important to uh, both generations. To all generations. Yeah, it's true. It hits on a lot that I think anyone could get something from and, and learn a little bit. I, I well, have. I think a lot of people <laughs> don't have grandparents or somebody who's there to coach them on. And that's why we have these people on our show and give very good information for the most part out. And uh, hopefully they uh, the audience learns from them. Uh, we've learned a lot from them. So I think they do as well. Kim, do you think any of the societal pressures about getting married today trickle down from old family belief systems or more so from your peer group? A thousand percent. I think it's mostly from older generations, our parents, our grandparents, because that was really the norm. We say all the time, like I'm 20, I'll be 27 in a few weeks. And my grandma would say, if that was in the fifties, I would be considered an old maid. Obviously today I'm still like very young in that kind of standard. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely just, I think still that mindset that I kind of try to tell grandma Gail that things have changed. And I think she's, I'm getting it. Yeah, I'm getting it. <laughs> I think that, but then of course there's pressures from every direction always like when you see your friends getting engaged or people on social media and like everyone's talking about rings and weddings and whatever it is like of course there's always going to be pressure but you have to ignore it drown out the noise yeah I think like you we all live for ourselves right. on our own timelines and it's great that you explore the generational differences such as who should pay on the first date and sex before marriage Gail you seem to connect very well with younger generations what do you like and dislike the most about millennials millennial relationships or dating don't love the fact that we're on the dating apps so those that still bothers me a little i know kim has tried to get me to convert a little bit from that 
thinking, but I still would rather have a fix up or some friend introduce me to somebody because I, I like the idea that people know each other a little bit or background is uh, somewhat familiar to you before you go on a date with someone that I've gotten a little more open-minded about. I think what I don't like is the non-commitment that a lot of young people mm-hmm. have um, because they're always, there's such a variety. So when, when I was dating, there was no, you, you know, had a few dates, you did whatever you did and you got, you decided that was, that was going to be the guy you were going to marry or the girl you were going to marry. I think today with all the um, social media and the swiping and the looking, uh, there's <laughs> a never ending uh, album of people to pick from. And I think that makes it a little more complicated. Yeah. Because they're outside of their friend group or family yeah, group absolutely. or neighborhood and and so it, it broadens well, it broadens the possibilities. It, exactly. But it also confuses. <laughs> In many instances, there's too much on your plate and uh, you can't make a decision because there's so much there. It's like desserts. When you have 30 desserts in front of you, you can't pick out the one that you like the best. They all look or good. You take all of them. Oh, that's right. <laughs> exactly. They all look good. So I think that it, it has pluses and minuses today. Yeah. What's the most common dating advice you give to Gamma? I don't think I give Kim any dating advice anymore. She knows how to date better than I do. Um, (laughs) Well, my, my biggest thing to her is give somebody a chance because what might not be the most romantic person on a first or a second date could turn out to really be a nice guy that you could really spend your life with. So I think sometimes you're too hasty looks because of taking pictures all the time and doing selfies and everybody looking at themselves all the time. Sometimes you take a little a bit of that too serious and really don't look deeper into the person. And I think you can't understand somebody on a first and second date. I think it's impossible for the guy to know a girl or a girl to know a guy. I think you got to give have a little time there. Have you ever set her up? Oh my gosh, yes. Well, like two or three times. <laughs> well, two, well, we've okay. test, but no one, you know, friends of friends. Yeah, yes, it's, it's, I yes, guess it's, it's, it's not it's a not direct like, setup. Exactly, it's not been right. like oh, I'm talking directly to this guy. No. Go out with my grandma now. It'll be like someone approaching right. her, her knows exactly. somebody, and but, they seem to be nice. And and Kimmy's gone along with it and been very nice about it. She does go. Yeah, that's true. You're not going around being like, go out with my granddaughter, go out with no. my granddaughter. It's more people say to you, is your granddaughter single? Can I right. set someone Could I call? Uh, could yeah. I have someone call her? Oh, yeah. that's sweet. I like I'm not that actively guy. trying to find her a guy. I think she has plenty of time and she'll find it on her own. I'm time. looking enough on my own. I don't <laughs> need both. Yeah. You don't need no, any help gra- from me. <laughs> my grandmother made it a life's mission to find me my husband and she would do anything possible. So, it, you know, I, mm-hmm. I did it. I would always go out. Did it work out? She, well, she tried. She okay. was insistent that I was going to marry like the son of a senator oh, or the yeah. son of a well, doctor, something a like that, like a very f- formatted, you know, in her mind, what was going to be perfect for me. Mm-hmm. And she did set me up with a senator's son once and we okay. went out. And nicest guy. And then he announced that he was gay, but hadn't come out to his family yet. <laughs> That'll be a little difficult. That would be yeah. that would be a tough route. But I would, I still, you know, if my grandmother had suggestions, I always went with it because I just loved the effort that she put in and she tried. Well, and, she me- you know. she meant she meant the best for you. And that's what and, we have to understand when our parents or grandparents or relative try to find someone they're doing it with you in mind and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you exactly gotta, but you have to go try it don't say exactly. no. exactly 
Gail, if you were Kim's age today, what career would you be pursuing? I'd be a lawyer. I'd be a lawyer already. Oh, really? Why is that? Because I always wanted to be, and I would have gone straight out of college and gone to law school if I had to do it over today. I, I, I'm fascinated by the law and I'm fascinated by politics. So I always enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. And uh, But in the time when I was growing up, it wasn't was very rare that a girl struck out and had a career. Our career was our family, and that was what was to- told we should do. And we sort of did it, and I was very happy. Uh, but if I had to do it today, it would have definitely been go to college, which I did, and then from there go to law school. You started a list of Grandma Gail's rules for dating <laughs> and relationships. And I would say that rule number 13 might be the most controversial, which is you marry the person who is in front of you at the right time. It's not about being the one. Gail, you've been married for almost 60 years, I read. Is that correct? It's because I think a lot of it is timing. But in that statement, are you saying that when you met your husband, also known as Poppy for everyone listening, that you didn't think he was the one? I never thought about it being the one. He was there. I was ready to get married. We liked each other. We're very different in that, that like, I'm a romantic and I'm like, there's the one. No, da, 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 da. I don't have the and one. And she's like, no, no. Like you, I could have had a million theory. ones. Yeah. There were a million. It was, the <laughs> was great in college. He was in front of me. He was a nice guy. He, was, he liked me. I liked him. It was enough. It's true. I mean, see, we didn't you, live together. I mean, you know, you have to put this in a framework. In the 50s and 60s, women of, from nice families did not live with gentlemen who went out with them. That was just, that would be unheard of. So, and most of us didn't sleep together before we got married. So you had to see who was good for you, whether it was- In from order a, to progress, you just had to make like an educated exactly. guess. Exactly. It was an educated guess. Good, yeah. good. Answer. So what are the top three things to a successful relationship or marriage that you think? Now you're asking me, because yeah, Kimmy's I mean, I not know. in it. So yeah. Kimmy's <laughs> definitely not in it. So uh, for me, it would be like principles, right? Goals in life, where we want to go. Do we want to have a family? Do we want to do this? Do we want to do that? Um, I would say the biggest coming from the same uh, cultural uh, background to me was very important. And it still mm-hmm. would be important to me because I think that's had to have a few less problems in life. And uh, that's about it. And it would be nice if both of you had a job <laughs> and were making a decent living so you could live and be happy and not be stressed over financial issues. But that that comes about later, probably in the relationship as you're as you're adapting to one another. But but very definitely from the same uh, kind of family backgrounds. And you have to like his family or her family. I don't think relationships only are by themselves. I think they're, there's a, like what Hillary Clinton said, there's a village. And I think you have to be aware there is a village in your relationship. It's so important because even the best relationships can get derailed. Uh-huh. If, absolutely. I've seen it happen. You know, the other, if the partners aren't getting along with their in-laws and so on and Correct. so forth. It makes it very stressful. And, you know, the less stress because you've got two different people going into um, a relationship and everybody's coming with different um, ideas of how it should be. And so the less differences you have, it could be fun differences, that's fine. But the less dramatic differences uh, that you have is less is uh, less tear and wear and tear on the um, on the marriage or the partnership. You guys spend a decent amount of time together on Instagram talking about fashion as well. Who are your style inspirations? Grandma Gail, you can. 
my mother, (laughs) my mother and my grandmother. I always, my, my family always grew up with beautiful things around them and, and dressed themselves to what I thought was wonderful. And I emulate what I thought I saw in them. Uh, You know, they're of course uh, designers and, and uh, stores that I love, you know, that I look at and admire their fashions, but I think a lot of it, you can do a lot with a little, and I think if you just, it's like the French, uh, they can put a scarf on and make an outfit look fabulous. And I believe that's what you can do today as well. With a little t-shirt and the right pair of jeans, you can look just as chic for a couple of, maybe a hundred dollars as a woman who's spending much, much more. So I think it's about how you put things together. Well, my next question was going to ask who, which one of you finds the best designer deals? Oh, probably Grandma Gail. I don't know. So you if do, I find any deals? You do all the outlet shopping. Oh, I do love to Is go to the deals? outlets. Well, yeah, but I but I love to go to the outlets. I just like going. Yeah, <laughs> I think I just like it. I don't even <laughs> buy anything, and I like it. it. To me, I could go in and and uh, yeah, I just I don't mind if I buy a t shirt from two seasons ago. It doesn't bother me. Um, I probably wouldn't buy a very expensive item there. But Although I guess I love flea markets too. I I happen to love flea markets too. Yeah. Not the one that's next door to your house, but a lot of them I do love. We should do a vintage shopping day. Yeah. That's a fun thing. I love doing that. What are uh, the most important wardrobe pieces for summer parties in the Hamptons? I get this question a lot. White linen pants. Mm -hmm. I feel like I put with everything. Um, What else? Like a little sandal pretty shoe yeah and a funky handbag yeah always like a a like a little something bad that's fun with that uh for me it's black pants at night i wear black linen or black you know silk all all the time and put fun tops on on it it looks great wherever you go in the hamptons and and little flats because i don't wear heels i mean where's the strappy shoes i have i'm relegated to little flats yeah i i relegate to wedges anything with a wedge heel so that i sink into the ground out here because it's right it's a little treacherous gonna be in the grass yeah you can't wear heels if there's anything outside in the that's for sure. What's your favorite place to shop in the Hamptons to pick up a cute outfit? I love the town of Sag Harbor and some of the stores there because I feel like, I mean, with East and South, amazing towns, but it's the same stores as New York City, which are also great. And we go to a lot of them like I'm an intermix fiend, but I think Sag Harbor stores, what's that one? Um, like Sunny. Yeah. Well, that's for sweatshirts. That's like sweatshirts. Yeah, I like sweatshirts. Yeah. I guess, but I live in sweatshirts. And, yeah. No, I think, I think Sag Harbor is the only one of the towns that's really retained an individual kind of uh, uh, look, personality. Exactly. The other one's really shopping in high, high end stores, just like you would in Manhattan. I think the Hamptons, it's not a matter of style. It's how you put it together. You can wear a little peasant white shirt with a pair of jeans and look fabulous with a wedge shoe out at the beach. I don't, I don't think, do you think uh, that it matters that much about uh, high fashion? I don't think so. It's, any so of the, casual. it's so casual. Unless you're going to like a fancy party that someone is throwing. Or maybe just- in South. South yeah. maybe is a little more, but East Hampton's very laid back. But I feel, I mean, Casual is relative, right? Like, I, of course, Correct. you're not wearing sweatpants out like maybe where you would somewhere else. But um, it's sim- like casual for like a New York City kind of crowd would be like, I guess what we're referring to. It's like you're not going to be wearing ball gowns or anything, but it's pants or like a little cute skirt or, or a the, sundress or a sundress. Yeah, I feel like is always the going out for dinner vibe. 
and a great sweater to throw over your shoulders because it's always cold. Always need a sweater. Yep. Always need a sweater. We're going to go full swing into the Hamptons now. Kim, what is the most common way that you're meeting people in the Hamptons during the summer? Probably not restaurants, but like if you go to Surf Lodge or one of the bars like in Montauk, there's a lot of young people out there. I know like a lot of my friends will do share houses out there if if their families are not out there. So I feel like a lot of the social life is there. Steven's Talk House in Amagansett, um, a lot of people meet there. Of course, like it's always where, where, regardless of where you are, easier to meet someone, I think, at like a house party than in a bar. But I'm like infrequently invited to those. So I feel like it's easier <laughs> to um, like, you know, it's like when, what I mean is when I go to parties, it's like my same group of friends and rarely it's someone that I haven't met. But oh, I, I always do think uh-huh. that is the best like place to meet someone. And what would be your dream date in the Hamptons? I really like a beach picnic type thing. I always think that's cute because that's not something you can really do in New York City. Um, anything different. I did a mini golf date out there in Southampton, which was fun. Anything that's like an activity and not just drinks. Did you do a drive-in once? Uh, you did- oh, a drive-in movie, but that wasn't a date. Oh, but that, that would have been a really fun. I went with my dad, but that, but oh, that would have been, <laughs> but that would have been one of those. Yeah. That would have been a really fun date. Yes. Oh wait, no, no, I did. Yeah. You're so right. I went, it wasn't driving in my car. It was the Southampton, um, arts center. Is that what it is in town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sometimes do a movie series. It's like a big projector in their lawn yes. area. Um, so it's really like a picnic movie. It's not a drive-in, but that is a really cute date idea. We saw Jaws. How'd that date go? Um, I saw that guy for a while, but that was like a few years ago now. So oh, okay. it was a fun date though. Oh, actually, you know what's funny? I was like, thought I was really cute and I was bringing a little picnic of stuff to eat. And I think I brought uh, like cheese, like mac and cheese. And I was like, I got us this. And he was like, oh, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, it still was the thought that counted, but then I was the only one eating. So good idea though. Thank you. We always talk about red flags, but what are some of the green flags that a summer romance is for real? I think consistency, like if they are seeing you because it's convenient, you're the only ones there that summer, there's not much else going on. But like once real life resumes um, after summer romance and you're still consistently seeing each other, that's obviously going to be a good sign. Um, What else, Graham? I think maybe like meeting their friends and and bringing them into your world a little bit and having a good time in the summer and and relax a little don't be as intense as you perhaps might be in the in new york or wherever you're from um and let go a little have have fun when you guys aren't on instagram what are your favorite things to do out in the hamptons i play golf we're big golfers for sure play together a lot she plays with her friends we have a good time I play with my girlfriends um you know I guess we just I love to garden of course my flowers sometimes look good some weeks they don't look so good so um (laughs) we sort of we just have a good time out there it's not um you know we're there a couple of months so uh, we try to enjoy all the activities that they have out there yeah there's so many I love like Wolfer state the vineyard always has like fun live music on the weekend like that's like a chill 
afternoon. We I go to the beach a lot, pick, take beach walks and stuff. And then we definitely do like love to eat out there. So like any of the restaurants in in town or we'll do like a Montauk night and go to Scarpetta or something. And there's just, yeah, there's definitely like a lot to do. I never really get bored. Yeah. Being in the city. So it's it's a getaway. What are your favorite date night restaurants in the Hamptons? Grandma, you like Bill Bouquet. Yeah, but that's very expensive. So mm-hmm. you have to know if your date can afford it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. From my perspective, I think probably the most romantic places would be Bill Bouquet because I love to look at the boats and look out at the water at, or um, Topping Rose, which is also very costly. But I mean, there are many things in between. Um, you know, uh, Bobby Vans is fun. Uh, Old Stove Pub. Old Stove Pub, which has music now on Thursday to uh, to over the weekend. So I think you have to see, uh, you know, uh, this, the financial ability of your dates. And, um, you know, even if you're sharing occasionally, it's still expensive out there. Mm-hmm. This is not. I go to Moby's a lot. I go to Duryea's if I can get him. Um, that's very expensive too. It's the Hamptons, Grandma. I awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think people have kind of wrapped their head around the yeah. fact that they're going to be putting down some cash on the weekends. And I think, uh, actually, I, I love the um, Donna Karen's restaurant. Um, in Tutu Tutu yes, in, they but have I like it the best in, in, well, I like it the best in Sag Harbor. I think it's fabulous. And um, they, they're all over the place. <laughs> but I like hers in Sag Harbor the best. I think it's the prettiest and eating outside or it's just it's lovely or inside her decor is just. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Enjoy Thank you for having day. us. We've got a lot of inf- I had so many questions from uh, the followers, so I wanted to get through all of them. So thank you for hanging in there and, and 